everyone, and welcome back to the Between Realities VR podcast. I don't know if you're going to believe this, but it's episode 15 of season seven mm-hmm. of this show. I know. Like, I can't believe it's been 15. It's been technically more than 15 weeks since we started this yeah. season. Yeah, it has been. It's been like 17 or 18 weeks or something. Yeah. Holy crap. Of, of VR goodness. Holy right? crap. And it's already been... Yeah. An amazing one. I mean, I say already yeah. 15 is you're well into your season at 15 yeah. episodes, but yeah, yeah. it's been an amazing season so far. Yeah. I would say it's been awesome and it's just going to continue to get better. That is crazy is. that it is. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, it's Friday as it always is on between realities. It's uh, September 8th, 2023. My name is Alex. I am one half of the between realities crew. The other half is sitting right here next to me. It's my homie Skiva. What's up, Skiva? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm a little bit sick. I'm trying not to get him sick. Yeah, know? don't get me sick. I'm trying not to do that. I got a little bit sick. Um, you know, don't worry. I'm fine, right? I'm here. Everything's good. He's alive. I am alive and I Kinda. will live. At least <laughs> at least at least for a certain amount of time. But we're all getting out. There's no safe way out of this. No, there is not, my friend. There is <laughs> we're all not. gonna bite the bullet one day. Yeah. Welcome to Between Realities, everybody. Um so yeah, it's it's September eighth, twenty twenty three. We're live on YouTube right now. Um, but a lot of people don't catch it live, and that's perfectly fine. We still love you guys very much, and in fact, appreciate you more than maybe we say. So, thanks for listening. Uh, what's the, what is it like? Like replay crew or something? What do they call it? Like the the VOD video yeah, on demand yeah, or whatever. the yeah all that stuff. But, but you know, we are in audio only formats. We're on video formats. We're on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and yep. all the things. Top ten podcasts on Audible yep. too. So get. On Audible. Yeah, get it on You Audible. and your Audible. There is no podcast on Audible. <laughs> Go get it. Go download it. Um, okay, well, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Like and subscribe, okay? Yeah, like, please do. We're trying to grow this thing, and yeah. that certainly helps when the subscriber number goes up. A uh, quick little shout out to our channel members and our Patreons. Got to say um, that we love you dearly. You Thank know? you guys. This we do. past year has been probably the most financially strenuous on the Between Realities team, I would say, in terms of the things that we've been trying to do and execute. And mm-hmm. um, we've been able to do everything that we needed to do thanks to the contributions of our channel members and Patreons and Super Chatters and, um, and all of that. So Absolutely love you guys. We love you. Thank yep. you. For sure. Um, it's going to be an amazing day. It's going to be an amazing show. It is. And um, before we introduce today's guest, I want to take a quick moment to say hello to uh, the crew, right? The Between Realities fam, the squad. It's, it is the squad. Our squad. They show up Heck yeah. every Friday, ready to go. And um, we love it. We appreciate you guys dearly. And um, I see getting things done in What's the chat. What's up, Jay Dunn? That's Jay Dizzle. He's the homie. He recently put up a video today. You should go check it out. It's him uh, playing Bounce Shot with Joy Rain and getting absolutely destroyed. By Joy Rain? By Joy Rain, yes. But it's, but it's great. They make great content. <laughs> uh, Bounce Shot this week during Labor Day did a tournament where they gave away a Quest 3 to yes. the winner of the tournament. Yes. And I played in that tournament. Yep. And I could have won. I, I have the skills. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Could have done it. Uh-huh. Didn't. Maybe fell slightly short. Yeah. Uh, but I took third place in that tournament, and it nice. was really, really fun. 
That's cool. It feels great to play. That's cool. Yeah. I think it's an awesome game. There's a little, a little bit of work to do in terms of like the bounce physics. Like mm -hmm. every time I like go to bounce, like someone bounces on me, I swear I swat that ball. Yeah. And then all of a sudden two of my cups are gone. Well, just like 11 table tennis, they're going to continue to to finally polish that game until it's perfect. Exactly. Right? Exactly. For Fun Labs is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. They, Giving uh, them the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Absolutely. And you know, uh, I hear Impact Reality may have had a little something to do with that tournament. So, I heard yeah. so. Thank yeah. you, Impact yeah. Reality, for the $15 that got paypal to me for getting third place. <laughs> third, pretty pretty well, sick. Next time you should win. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't being facetious. Like it was fifteen dollars that I can go buy a VR game now that I wasn't able to buy before. That's funny. Yeah, it was great. Right on. Um, but I did want to win. You know, you know me. Yes, I like. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Obscure nerd VR in the house. What's up, man? Hey, I just Andy. absolutely love these like sizzle reels that he's putting out of all of his acting stuff. I know it's great. He's the real deal. It's great. He is. Q creators here. He says the weekend. He's, yeah. he's styling us. He's styling on us with the weekend this week. Um, and he is always <laughs> correct. Bluebell's in the house. Finally made a live. What's up, Bluebell? Hey, Bluebell. How's it going? Thanks for being here. Yeah, good to see you. Mm. Oh, yeah. First sip of coffee. Now we're mm -hmm. going. Amelia Faust. Hello, everyone. Hey, Amelia. Good to see you. Michelle B. is also here hanging out with us. Gotta love it. Chris Haney in the house saying, hey, fam, just logged down to see old Richie. Who's that? Nice. We don't know. What's what up, a champ. Chris? We grew up on the same street back in Oz all those years ago. Okay. We no gotta, way. We got to find out what's going no on No way. That. Oh, that's pretty cool. Kensei Gaming in the house, our homie from the Game hey, on Expo. What's, what's up, up bro? Kensei? Good to see you, man. Kensei is just downloading Demio. And we are going to get in there and rock that game. Now, there's mixed reality support. There's hand tracking. It's even in development for the Apple Vision Pro. I know. Boom. I know. Pretty awesome. exciting. Demio is just like resolution games, man. Just like leading yeah. the charge in terms of like providing a quality experience on like every piece of hardware. Everything. Everything. And it's completely cross-play. You can yeah. even play it with friends on the flat version. It's dope, right? It's fantastic. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, don't don't play with me unless you want to be told what to do. Everybody, okay? Smash a little drums. <laughs> Smash drums is here, Mr. Oh, Potom. I'm so jealous that yes. you guys got to hang out we did. at Gamescom. We did, and I got to try his new mixed reality version of Smash Drums, where the drum set is sitting there in your environment and you can also shoot electricity out of the drumsticks and just smash through your walls and like the ceilings are crumbling right. down and it is so good that sounds, it is so good that sounds pretty sick he's killing it and Absolutely by the way y'all if you have smash drums and you have not unlocked the between realities kit yes you have a plan for yes. this evening you play do. smash drums get the, the between realities kit yep. and uh, post a video it's the best looking drum kit in the game hands down yeah easy for sure Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Creeper Betty VR is here. Hey, what's up, Creeper what's Betty? Up, Betty? That is the host of the Better Betty Late Than Never News, which yes. is uh, a quick digestible uh, VR news recap weekly. You should it's be so good. Subscribing to Creeper yeah. Betty VR go, if you have Go subscribe to Creeper Betty and check out all the latest things happening in the VR industry. Samson143 VR what's from the up? Let's Talk Oculus podcast. What's up, Samson? How you doing? What's up, man? Good to see you. Jay Brad is here right on time. One hey, of our Jay featured Brad. creators in our introduction. You got to love it. And another podcaster. And another well. podcaster. I need yep. to watch Jay Brad's podcast more, dude. Oh, it's I so good. Say, like, yeah, it's so good. Jay Brad, I got to I gotta, I gotta click the bell, bro. I, yeah, and Flute Brogy, who's on uh, yet another podcast for VR. Like, this is like podcast mania right here. That's what we do. We, yeah. we bring them out. 
We bring out all the podcasts. Your milkshakes yeah. brings uh, all the podcasts to the yard. Hey, you right. said it. <laughs> you said terrible. it. That's terrible. That's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Who's saying X? He's the real deal. And he's What's here with saying? us. Mickey Bear, also here. One of the hey, most, Mickey. Uh, he's, he's like the Santa Claus of the VR community. He is. And he's just he like just comes in and it rains out keys. Gifts for everyone. Yep. Constantly. <laughs> Arcanian saying good evening, peeps. What's hey. up, Arcanian? What's up, Arcanian? Good to see you. Ashley C. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Ashley. Friday, how's it Ashley. going? Thank you for joining us for the live show. Heck yeah. Um, D1 360 XR. His plank is ready. Is nice. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. His plank is ready, baby. Um, all right. Moving right along here. Sean C. What's up, man? Hey, Sean. Tuning in for a live show for the first time. Yo, that's so great. Oh, cool. Thanks for coming. Desta T11 is here as well. What's Hello. up, guys? Good to see you. Desta T11. Hey, hey. Um, you know, um, Fluke Rogi, right? You just mentioned, of yep, course, yeah. saw him. Uh, Mind Jive is here. Hey there. That's so great. E Pilot 007. Yes. Hey. Dan Kitty VR. What meow, up? meow. Um, <laughs> and we love you guys. And Eric Q2C VR Gamer, also one of my partners at Impact Reality, just put out an amazing article on XR Update about Gamescom. So if you want to know what that was like, uh, check it out. He did a great job writing that article. Fantastic stuff. Cozy time. Thanks for tuning in. Heck yeah. Eric, I love you. I miss you. Will you, will you call me or something, man? Like, oh, <laughs> I want to connect. Todd, I love you as well. Todd saying, yo, yo, Ricky in the house. <laughs> so Todd did like a whole episode talking about Richie's plank experience and called him Ricky the whole time. So, you know. Dude, has anybody in <laughs> chat not been on the plank? All right. That's what I need to know right now. 999 Super Chat from Bluebell. Hitting her with it. Saying, Heck missed yeah. you guys. I've been working. Uh, you've been working so hard. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bluebell, such a sweetheart. And Space Denizen up in here. Thanks for joining me in my firewall matches, which, up, by boy? the way, firewalls running a lot smoother these days, oh, people. Oh, good. So nice. if That's you've been waiting, hear. it's probably a good time. I uh, was able Heck to yeah. get in this morning, and I am I am loving that game, dude. It's, it's keeping me in the headset like... Only the nice. last firewall did. Cool. Yeah, I'm all about That's it. Rad. Yeah, but anyway, have, has anybody never been on the plank? Because I feel like this is just Hussein X says he has not been on the plank, which is pretty wild. Richie's plank experience is like a quintessential yeah. VR experience, and you know, like I allude to in our description here, arguably the fastest way to prove to someone just like the ultimate powerful levels of immersion that virtual reality is capable yeah. of of providing um, yeah absolutely and i don't know if when we started this show i ever thought that richie from richie's plank experience would be showing up on the between reality space right? but yeah that's what's happening today how sick is that um very cool so here's you want to know something though i do i don't know how to pronounce richie's last name I always oh. ask ahead of time, and I'm so prepared, and I, I realize I'm about to introduce him as a guest, <laughs> and I don't know how to pronounce it. Well, so, for the first time, you're fired. No. <laughs> Everybody, please welcome to Between Realities from Richie's Plank Experience and Toast Interactive, Richie Easts. <laughs> Did you get it? Hey guys, it. how do I pronounce uh, your name? Don't feel bad, man. No one knows how to pronounce it, and it's not pronounced how it's spelled. It's, Tell it's pronounced Easties. 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 Okay, yeah, I love it. Easties. Cool. So I, I think one of my ancestors was probably an English prisoner, and he wasn't sure how to spell his last name, so he just spelt <laughs> it how it, how he thought it sounded. But it's 
Yeah, so don't, don't feel bad, Alex. Okay, well, thank you. I mean, no one knows how to pronounce my last name, so it's definitely a sentiment that or mine. I can share. So it's all good. Last names are just like that. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't okay. even matter. Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. You're right. Yeah. But you know what? It's not It's not Richie Eastie's plank experience. It's Richie's plank experience. You are Richie, man. The man, the myth, the legend. Thank you so much for taking the wow. time to join us on the show. Thank you for having me. I, I've been listening to your show for a while. Not live, unfortunately, cost a little time, but yeah, no, it's, um, I can't believe I'm on your show. You guys are the, yeah. Hey, wow. you know, you said it, you know, you said <laughs> it. <laughs> Richie from Richie's Plank Experience is saying it. So, I mean, it must be true, right? Like, Hey, I'll go with it. Yeah. We're going to take that. Richie. That works. So what, t what time is it over there right now? And where it's is over there? It's 7 a.m. Ouch. I hope, that. I hope you got some coffee. Yeah, which isn't, yeah, I have my coffee. Nice. Right here. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. And right. you are where? You're in Australia. Where in Australia? Uh, in the Gold Coast, which is uh, in Queensland and not far from Brisbane. Nice. And you're always there. Yeah. That, that's home. That's home. Yeah. Nice. It's, Very cool. it's amazing how many VR games get made around here, though. It's, it's like, what? You find out, and then you find out. Oh, this game was made there as well, and it's like... <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I didn't realize uh, Chris Haney in the chat saying that you guys were on the same street? Is that true? Yeah, so Chris Haney, shout out to you, brother. Um, he, he helped make uh, Space Pirate Trainer, which is one of the OG VR titles, one of my favorites. Um, we lived in this street called Sugargum Street in this little suburb of Brisbane, and then... 10 years later, we're still hanging out at swimming club together. And then, you know, life happens, you get married and you have kids and you travel, Chris traveled to the other side of the planet. And then we find out we're both heavily in VR and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> ridiculous. Man, and you guys like separately got involved in VR and then like what, one totally day, separately. like, then you like see each other yeah. like posting on the internet or something? Like how did you like reconvene and have that VR conversation? Oh, now that's a good question. <laughs> I think he, he's, ah, oh, yeah. I think none of us said hi online. And I'm like, what the hell? Nah, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a funny story. That's so great. There's a, <laughs> uh, a 24 euro super chat flying in from Mr. Potom from, uh, from Smash Drums. Right? Hey, thanks, man. And he's saying, Appreciate I mean, it. That, that deserves the baby air horn, too. And he says, say <laughs> hi to my boy Richie. Was awesome seeing you at Gamescom. You too, Chris, uh, Skeev, and Eric. It, that guy from Smash Drums is such a nice guy. Damn. I wish we, were, we lived closer so we could hang out more. Right? Yeah. He is a such awesome a nice dude. guy, man. And a talented developer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yep. And generous. Thanks for the donation, baby. We love you. <laughs> um, all right. So, where do you want to start here? Like, this is, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to just like start jumping in, you know? But, yeah. like, do you want to like start things from the perspective of like some of your Gamescom interactions or something? Because I feel like that kind of is like the catalyst for Richie's appearance, appearance on the show today. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, we all, we both went to Gamescom and it was super fun. And we ended up meeting up at, um, at a stoic party. So stoic interactive makes, makes a cool tank game in VR. Um, and, uh, we, we went there and we had, uh, we ate at this, uh, Korean joint and it was really good. And, and, uh, you know, Richie walked in and I was like, holy crap, it's Richie. You it's recognized Richie. him? Yeah. 
look at you see what kind of a super fan a VR skiva is that he recognizes you? I do not believe that for a second. I do not get recognized randomly. I recognize Skiva from watching the podcast and then he yeah, then he just turned around and was being nice. Now I saw the selfie of Richie and Skiva, and if you've ever seen a photo of Skiva and I together, he makes me it's like you yeah. know, it's like it's different. We're not the same. It's and then I see this selfie of the two of you, and there's Richie and there's Skiva. Like, are you like it's a pretty tall dude? Are you like six six or something? Like, are you super tall? Uh, I'm tall. Like, I'm six two or three, but it's not. I think Skiva's got me. He's <laughs> he's pretty tall. He's a pretty tall, beautiful man. He really is. <laughs> and you are so beautiful, Skiva. Oh, thank say. thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm it. even I'm even more beautiful to to our audio listeners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, dad. Calm down. Calm down. Um, oh man. Yeah, so now it was a good time and Gamescom was incredible. And while we were there, uh, you know, we got to go over to Toast Interactive's booth and kind of check out the new things they're working on, which we'll get into later. Uh, and it was just fantastic. I got to meet the team. I got to meet the CEO of Toast and and uh, uh, Richie and his and his wife. And um, so it was absolutely fantastic. We had a blast and um, excited to get into some of the things that uh, the Toast is working on these days. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And that's going to have to come after we yes, just talk about some course. good old-fashioned Richie's plank goodness right yes because this game is like or experience like i do hesitate to call it a game right um is there is some game stuff too right sure yeah. sure mm -hmm. uh, absolutely but yeah. uh, at the end of the day like this is something that you experience not yeah. play. you know That's you true. don't go oh, i played richie's plank you're like no i walked the plank. i did the plank like yeah i experienced yeah. that plank yeah. and it is it is like quintessential VR. You know, we do the Game On Expo here in Phoenix every single year, and uh, we've done it for three years. And each year we bring a real plank, we put it into the space, we give it a nice wobble, and we let people come up and experience virtual reality for the very first time, sometimes on the plank. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have first-time virtual reality experiences on the plank yeah um, i think so you know and as we're watching people go through this you know we can see just the power and the yeah. presence that's being delivered to people you know that we see the biggest most burly dudes in the world who are apparently the bravest guys in the world step up to this thing and back down yeah really fast yeah though you see the legs start shaking mm -hmm. you know you see the palms mm -hmm. start sweating mm -hmm. <laughs> so i mean i have so many questions but the first one you know just after this little setup here i guess i want to know is like richie what what does it mean for you and the team to know that you are often people's introduction to the world of virtual reality that, that fact is probably the thing that we're most proud of that if it probably is most people's first time in virtual reality. Like that's that's not a thing that we take lightly. We probably don't think about it enough. We could probably use that in our marketing, but we never have. It's just it's just a holy holy crap thing. I can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. I mean, is that by design, or did you just like go to make the best experience you could, and then it just turned out that yeah. it was conducive for these first timers? I'll I'll answer that with where the idea came from um right. so tony and i um tony's my wife and part owner and ex-ceo she grew the company to where it is today um we were on our honeymoon in japan but this is before vr i think 
the HTC Vive had come out like that month. Um, and anyway, we were in Japan, Tokyo, on our honeymoon, and went romantically to a VR arcade. <laughs> cool. I love it. Heck I yeah. love it. It's not very romantic at all, but hey, got to do some fun during the day as well. And then, so we turn up, and it's by Bandai Namco. Okay, cool. So, nice. And everyone's familiar with that. Yep. Um, legendary game studios. And we're like, why not? Let's just have a crack. And you have to pay to register with your ticket. You go in and you can do some experiences. And there was probably like 20 VR experiences there. And all of them were empty, except one. And they built this tent. And screams were coming from the tent. And we're like, okay, let's go check this one out. And there's a lineup around the tent to have a go. And we're like, okay. And we knew it was some sort of plank because we saw a little ad for it. And like, okay, let's, let's do it. And we gave it a go, and Tony couldn't walk walk out, and then it was my turn, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So that's, they're the original plate, Bandai Namco, that like, full credit to them. So um, they, was this, this was a they, VR experience that you did that was yeah. basically like the plank, <laughs> and then you're like, hey, good yeah. idea. <laughs> I'm going to do that at my own crib now. <laughs> yeah, so I was a hobby game dev for like 20 years, never took it seriously as a profession. And after coming out, it was it was def it was very inspiring. Um I was thinking up mathematical ways for like that, that to to clone any size plank into your living room. So that's probably where we added some extra material um and then i always wanted to fly around in virtual reality so i'm like well, if we build this city we should fly around in it as well so we so we did the base plank which we knew would would do well um we designed the tech to clone any size plank and match it millimeter perfectly into your virtual space um and yeah, we're like, look, we'll we'll build a prototype, and if we get a thousand sales by Christmas, we'll keep going. And we, yeah, we, we it was a thousand sales the opening weekend, and it looked hideous. Oh my goodness, it was just my developer. <laughs> um, but it didn't matter. It was it was the tech that salt that makes it feel real, and and. You know, by the end of the year, we, we realized we needed to hire an artist. So we hired <laughs> this guy named um, Danny Todorov, who made the PC version of Richie's Plank look how it looks today, which is still holds up really well. And yeah, we've been hiring people ever since. Wow. So the, the PC version, like you said, the graphics are absolutely incredible. And that's not to take away from the graphics on the Quest, but you know, the Quest is a mobile platform and can't do quite what the PC can. And it's uh, absolutely gorgeous. And, and it's one of the reasons we don't, when, when we demo the Plank, we always bring a PC and it, like the full setup because we feel like it's so powerful um, that you know every little bit of performance and, and, uh, and realism we can get out of it, the better, right? And it is incredible that you can actually bring in an actual Plank. 
right? Me and Alex went out the first time we were doing this convention and we bought a plank and then we couldn't get it in our car. So we cut it in half, put some hinges on it, put some feet right. on it. Right. And so all we his fold idea. It, up. it was genius. I was like, holy crap. I, I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> so we can fold it up, bring it with us, set the plank up, you know, make it purposely a little bit wobbly because that is even more of a, of an experience if it wobbles just a little bit. Right. And then, um, you know, the first time people actually step out on that plank and they feel around with their foot and they feel the edge of the plank and it's just, it's just so powerful. Um, yeah. so to me, yeah. the plank is like, like, a ha- like, I don't want to yeah. say half of it, but like, it's a big, big part yeah. of it. Like yeah. being able to like have this different, like this differentiating moment of like leaving the elevator and lifting your foot onto a new surface, mm-hmm. I think really sells it. But I would, yeah. I, if I had to guess, I would say maybe one in 20 are using a plank when they're doing Richie's plank yeah. experience. Like, I don't, what, what do you, do you guys have numbers on that? It's, you gotta use a real plank. I'm like, if you don't plan on using a real plank, don't buy it. Yeah. Like, I know that's counterintuitive to our sales, but <laughs> it's so much better with, with a real plank. Um, it just tricks the brain. You consciously are thinking it's not real, but your subconscious is saying uh, it's real. Even without the plank. It's tricking your brain. Like, yeah. you know, there's is, so, yeah. someone in uh, in the chat said something about like, you know, thanks for providing us with the, the VR to ER content. And <laughs> like most of these videos yeah. that I see of people just like swan diving by playing Richie's Plank Experience are not on planks. Like they're just walking on the floor and still yeah. just complete immersion overload. Um, I have to know what you guys think when you see videos of people doing crazy stuff in Richie's plank experience, like swan diving into their televisions or like just completely losing themselves in the experience and like maybe even potentially hurting themselves. Yeah. So we cringe pretty badly, like especially when we see the people standing around them, not helping or right. yeah. not spotting like, them. What? Yeah. Like we exactly. spot people so hard. Yeah. And it just, it does bother us. Um, and we find it upsetting and that's why we, we try to get the safety messages out there so strictly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you probably notice this year, the we, we, we show them every time you change the headset now, just, yeah. Um, just to be, I know it's annoying, um, but it's, yeah, it's a good opportunity, for, I guess, for me to say what they are really quickly, like make sure there's two spotters and, I see those videos and there's, they don't have the spotters and I'm like, oh, yeah. And yeah. I can't stand those that push others. Oh, that's, or, yeah, um, that's the worst. Or even just pretend to, mm-hmm. because it just totally hurts the trust of the whole group. So the next person that has a turn, they're now not thinking about the, ex- enjoying the experience. They're thinking about, oh, is my you know, annoying friend or partner going to be pushing me too? And it's, so it just wrecks yeah. the vibe and, um, Man, that yeah, has to so suck. Just honestly, annoying. that totally has to suck because you guys made an experience that's supposed to be visceral and exciting and intense, sure, but it's also supposed to be safe and it's supposed to mm-hmm. like inspire like wonder and like you know yeah. like feelings of like good feelings and yeah. 
meanwhile, you now are very well aware of like the potential for the software to be misused by the users. And I'm sure yeah. you feel some, some, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like responsibility, but like you, you want to be trying to mitigate that as much as you can. But at the same time, you need to preserve the integrity of the experience. And I'm, I'm sure that's a really hard line for you guys to walk. Yeah, it is hard to balance. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we make sure when we demo this that we always, always have a spotter. And the spotter isn't just standing there. They are ready with every person to catch them yeah. if they fall, if they go to do anything dumb. right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is a lot of people's first time experience. Even if it's their second, it doesn't matter. If they get hurt or they do something and then they feel stupid because everyone saw that happen, it's just going to ruin all of VR for them, right? So yeah. we always yeah. want to make sure that everyone has a really good and, uh, and safe experience. So What yeah. is it? Uh, what did you guys do? Like, how is Richie's Plank Experience like the game that everyone just completely forgets where they are? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, that... I just remembered the last thing not to do is to jump off. So no, when, you, don't. when someone says, can I jump off? You say, no, don't jump off, step off. But um, yes. so do you want me to talk you through a few of the tricks that we do when you're on the plank to make you Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so, so the elevator, being inside the elevator is the first one, but the door's closed because it makes you a little bit claustrophobic and everything is up close to you. And, and it's a certain um, sound. It's like a, just the music, the friendly, the friendly dance, the friendly elevator music, right? <laughs> and then when the doors open, everything happens all at once. The music stops, the wind kicks in, so that audio changes instantly. It becomes bright, not dark, and things become far away, not close. And as you start to walk out, it starts to transition again. Um, and there's like seven different sounds start to trigger. So the footsteps, the creak or the creaking of the plank, we play a heart rate of increasing elevation. So it gets faster and faster and faster. And instead of going back down again, it starts, it's like um, they use it in movies uh, quite a lot to, to make you feel stressed. Um, we play a slightly out of pitch violin but these are sounds that are so low in volume that you shouldn't be able to notice them. And so you'll be surprised if you had noticed them. Um, but then, uh, and also wind from uh, one direction into your ears. And I think even if you turn your head, it should change. Nice. The wind, same, wind changes when you face a different direction to the wind. Um, and then, so yeah, looking down, we realize it's the parallax effect that gives the height. So we squeeze as many objects as you can between you and the ground. And by objects, I'm talking about it starts from the plank and then there's clouds, birds, uh, a tree, there's elevator, um, um, staffed housing, there's um, like the air condition events and cable. So th those things combined is what tricks the brain. It's not how good it looks because I know how ugly it's looked in the past and the same percentage of people get scared on the old ugly version as the newer version. So um, it's, it's the, it's the, yeah, 
that's it. I mean, that's the, can you believe yeah. that people are like still to this day having their minds blown by this experience? Like this is one of the most like one of the like original VR things that people have done, you know, and like to this day, people cannot walk out on that plank. Like it's a feel yeah. like it really has some staying power. Yeah, our CEO Kylie still just stands there dropping f bombs. <laughs> well, Which is pretty awkward. Yeah, I yeah. I really like the effect too of the of the the elevator doors being closed and you can barely see through that crack and you see things going by right and then you know yeah. it's it's even more powerful I think the second time you do it because you know it's about to happen but uh, it, yeah. it's a good subtle little touch there it really is the crack. Well, we looked at, we studied real elevators and we noticed when they're going up, even though the doors are fully closed, you still sense the, you still see the light go bright and dark as the elevator goes up, as it hits the floors. And so we're like, we need, we can, we kind of emulate that by having the doors slightly ajar. And um, it was funny, our first review on PC was a negative review and it was, uh, the doors don't close all the way. <laughs> Man. And I'm like, oh, no, this isn't a good start. But I, I, I have a feeling it could have been by, and this is just pessimist me, which I never am, it could have been by a competitor that was releasing a Plank game at the same, a similar time. Bandai Namco, dude. <laughs> no, you think uh, you can pull one on Bandai Namco? No, Namco. Another, another company. <laughs> from a, a from a different country, yeah. Oh wow! See, I didn't even know there was another plank experience. I mean, yeah, but we, we were wow. both announced that we're making it at the same time, and we, so we, and it, we our name was going to be the plank experience, right? Oh. And then when this man says, they said they were calling it the walk, and I'm like, oh no, no one's gonna. That's not good. If you know anything about branding, and that's that those names are too similar. And the, it might have a spot in people's head to remember which one to buy. So we're like, oh. And so Tony and I, like the night before release, trying to figure out what we're going to quickly name, rename it to. And I wanted to do like Jim's Plank Experience, which is my dad's name, just because I knew that is then can be trademarked and no one can like infringe on it or be come up with a similar name. And it, like we just needed something, it wouldn't have mattered. And then Tony, Tony's like, no, let's just do Richie. Um, and I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will admit, when I first heard of this experience, I'm like, Richie's plank experience. I'm like, who the hell is Richie? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, what? We know, we know it's not, it's weird, but we, it was, it was a panic decision. Dude, but it, but it, it works is the thing. Like, you know, now, like, the name is synonymous with, like, this really amazing, really immersive and intense VR experience. So, you know, and, like, like naming stuff is the hardest, man. Like, I've, I've said mm -hmm. this so many times. Mm -hmm. Like, naming something yeah. could easily be, like, the most difficult part of the entire process yeah. sometimes. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like people learn to identify you by what you're doing and they just like attach the meaning to whatever name you've chosen yeah. you know like i think about paradise I would, decay i would agree with you i would say it doesn't matter but as only as long as it's memorable yes it yeah. has to be good and it's, 
Yeah, I tell that to Nintendo with the Wii U. <laughs> you think they lost just because of I, the I think name. the name was a huge part of why the Wii U failed. Yeah. Yes. Which really sucks, man. Shout yeah. out to the Wii U. I love that thing. I mine still oh, up to my TV. I do too. I love the Wii yep. U. It's That's so great. great. It's a fantastic console. It is. But the name so it. so Richie's Plank Experience 2017 is when it came out, and here we are six years later. Um six years is a good amount of time. And have you guys been busy this whole time? Did you release Richie's Plank and then just kind of like chill for a while and then like pick up new projects later? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that pretty, you know, it wasn't that long afterwards, uh, Santa Simulator came out, right? Oh, and yeah. I'm going to mention that because Santa Simulator is um, something that happens in my house every single year. Hmm. Um, it is one of the only like little ri Christmas rituals that we have. Um, and, uh, and it's awesome. My kid absolutely loves getting in that sleigh and, and flying through with on the reindeer and throwing presents and all the kids chimneys. Like this is something that she looks forward to every single year. And anytime she has a friend come over, it's <gasps> Do you want to be Santa Claus? <laughs> and they're like, "What?" Oh, awesome. Yeah, and then so out comes the headset, and and Santa Simulator is a thing. And uh, yeah, why don't you tell us about that a little bit? How how that came to be? Because this is this is legit a, a part of my every year's Christmas tradition. That's cute. Yeah, I can. So we our marketing strategy is what can we add that will get people hyped up and talking about the game again. So, cause then everyone wins. We're not wasting mm -hmm. marketing dollars. We're just making the game better. And then the customers get a better experience. So we were like, okay, what do we do? And I always wanted to do something for Christmas, um, something that we can reuse the Diddy, which costs a lot to make. So we're like, all right, let's um, do a sleigh ride. So that's how, that's why we, we, we did it. And we knew kids would absolutely love it. Um, they can sit down in their sleigh, ring the Christmas bell, and start throwing presents out of the sleigh into all the chimneys around the city. And even though we knew kids would love it, we kind of tuned it for adults. So like the music choice and the dark ambience, it's like a serious... It's not the giddy Christmas elf going... <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's dark and moody. You can imagine a campfire in the corner... Just um, emo Santa. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and just the music choice. We spent so long choosing the music because, and so if you, like, I, I nearly want to say if you're feeling low on Christmas spirit and you're an adult, I'd give it a go because we kind of were thinking of you when we made it. Well, that's cute. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to describe it. And if you love Christmas, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. But we, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, so this was this originally was this originally part of Ricky, Richie's plank before it it uh, ended up being its own. Came out a few years later. Oh, okay, gotcha. And, and where is this available? Do we do it as a standalone? But it is a standalone on Steam. But for all all versions of Richie's plank, I believe maybe not PlayStation One. But yeah, all all PC and Quest all, all include the Santa Simulator built in. Sweet. So around Christmas time, you'll see the bell outside the elevator doors. And if you ring it, that's a little hint about how you can start it. 
Nice. Nice. And yeah, and it's standalone. So it's both in Richie's Plank and it's a standalone experience. So you can experience this either way um, that yep. you'd like. But uh, it is a lot of fun. It will definitely get you in the Christmas spirit. And yeah. you'll never see a kid's face light up like you will wow. when that sleigh takes off and the reindeer in front of them and like they get to throw presents into the chimneys. Yeah. Absolutely magical. VR yeah. spry it's guy like, in the house. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, VR spry guy? Good to see you. Hey. Gamer tag VR swinging through. What's up, GT? Our homie. I miss doing the crew cast, bro. Let's get it back oh, up yeah, and popping on Monday. Real. Thomas McNostrils here with us. Good to see you, man. Hey there. Paradise Decay, of course. His ears must have been ringing. I What's just mentioned up? him. I saw Nathy in the chat earlier. Yeah, What's did. up to Nathy? Nathy. Oh, uh, no. He's such a homie, dude. I miss, I miss Nathy, man. I miss Good you, guy. dude. If you're still here, I just want you to know I miss you. Yeah, I got to see and hang out with Nathy a little bit as well at uh, at Gamescom, along with uh, Gamertag and, and a whole bunch of people, I'm man. I'm jealous, dude. Yeah, it was a good time. I'm jealous. Okay, yeah. so, well, Santa Simulator, worth mentioning, obviously. A nice, you know, I... a extension from the... Uh, from the Richie's Plank Experience formula, and this came how long after the release of Richie's Plank? Yeah, a few, a few years afterwards. A few years, and then we guys just like after Nightmare Mode. Oh, was Nightmare Mode after Christmas? Don't know. It's, so much has happened. It's yeah. been a long time. You know, six years is yeah. is no joke. Um, so I want to transition into your new title um, called Max Mustard, which you guys just announced like what a week ago about yeah yeah something like that. that um how long has this uh concept been been thrown around at toast interactive tell us a little bit about the history of this project yeah sure well uh, first i'll just say i know what you're probably thinking or the audience is thinking and that is why on earth are you making a 3d a vr platformer like everyone expected us to be making a sequel to richie's tank and and so the history, why? So it was actually like four years ago, we, had, we were trying to figure out what are we going to do next? And we were all getting a bit, okay, Richie's Plank's getting a bit boring now for us to keep working on because it's not new and exciting. And we had like a team of five at that point and we'd all only ever worked on Richie's Plank. And I thought, you know, we got room to be a two-title studio. What are we going to work on next? Before we work, and oh, that's right, the hardware wasn't quite ready for there to be a worthy sequel. So we wanted to, before we do a sequel, we wanted the hardware to get to next gen. Um, and so we wanted something else to work on in the meantime. Um, and so we made a spreadsheet. We listed all the ideas of what game we should work on next. And then we gave, came up with three categories to sort them by. And so one was, uh, how much do we want to make it? And we gave it a score out of 10. Um, do we have the capability to make it? And gave that a score out of 10. And will it make money? And then gave that a score out of 10. And then the highest scoring one in all three categories was a VR platformer. And so we're like, let's do it. So that's where it started. And we made a prototype like four years ago. Um, and three years ago, we kind of started working on it. And then since then, we've hired another 30 people. Wow. 
Heck yeah. How did you keep a lid wow. on this for that long? Like so many, so many projects get leaked years and years before they're ready to come out. And like, it seems like this is polished and you guys are pretty much ready to move on it. Like, how did you manage to keep your mouth shut for years? Oh, uh, you have no idea. <laughs> like we, I've been salivating about showing people what we'll be working on for so long. And I just like, no, we have to wait. We have to wait. Um, and the, and then, and then it got to the point where, okay, no, now we want it to be amazing. So I, we, I would, I would, I would do, I would just daydream about the reactions. That's, that's what, what, what I do. Instead of getting the reactions, I would just daydream about them. And then that would drive what features and what we add to the game. So a lot of um, things in this new title are because uh, this is going to get a good reaction out of people. So like there's, I'll spoil one surprise. There's, there's a one, one of the levels you're in a little uh, rowboat and you have a gadget. And so you're doing, I won't tell you what the gadget is, but you're doing things with this gadget, but then there's some rapids and then it gets calm, but then there's a waterfall drop and I'll let you guess what happens at the end of the world. <laughs> I'm so excited, man. I got to be honest. Yeah. I love 3D platformers. Like I loved 3D platformers before virtual reality. I feel like my my entire identity revolves around the experience as a kid of me playing Super Mario 64 for the first time. Like mm. I like was like born in that moment. You know what I mean? So this kind of gameplay, these like colorful worlds, these kinds of like physics and interactions in a world are like speak to me on like a core, like personal and nostalgic level. So when I got to play games uh, like Astrobot, for example, which this of course is oh. absolutely reminding me of, I just ate that up. Um, and I've been oh. waiting for someone to come along with something like that, that will give me an opportunity to just like sit down and enjoy this immersive gaming experience without necessarily having to be like sweating or, you know, standing yeah. or ducking out of the way or, or whatever. Oh, so. Alex, we're on the same page there. Yeah, nice. I was at a, like a VR conference, right? And there was an expert speaker on the stage talking about VR, and I'm like, okay, I'm making notes. And then, they, and then they said, so all VR has to be first person. And I'm like, what? Like at the time, my favorite game was third person. And I'm like, hang on. And then on the flight home, it was a long flight, and I'm flying home, and I've got my switch out. I was playing Mario Odyssey for the first time. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I remember having to use the right thumbstick to move the camera's direction. And then I was putting that, those two things together. I'm like, it's not that VR has to be first person. And then I'm like, 3D platformers on old, on flat screens are better in VR only because you don't need to use the right thumbstick to move your camera. You just have to turn your head where you want to look. And that's arguably says that VR is better for 3D platformers. So that that solidified the decision for, for us quite a bit. And when Astrobot came out, big shout out to the studio there. Oh, they can't, they set the standard really high. Yeah, they did. 
Like, it is so good in so many different ways. They really know what they're doing. And But what they've also done is they 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 showed that three uh, third-person games have uh, just as much chance of being a pro, um, uh, financial success. 100%. Yeah, I mean, um, everyone is clamoring for a new Astrobot on PlayStation VR 2. Yeah. Astrobot's yeah. amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I will also say that I think Super Lucky's Tale, or Lucky's Tale, I believe it's Lucky's Tale, is the, yeah. is the VR one, is absolutely amazing too. And, then I, and I really liked Ven. So I don't know, you know why a lot of people just think that you have to be um, inside of that person's head. I mean, you know, VR, like you, I guess you want to embody the character, but there are so, imagine if like people were like, oh, you can only make a movie in one way or it's not a movie, right? Yeah. It's just not, it's just not the case. Yeah. And there's so many amazing platformers out there. If that Moss is a, uh, it's a puzzle platformer. Yeah. It's great. I guess by comparison, ours would be an action platformer. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Moss so, is fantastic. Yeah. And so is Moss book too. And they're very successful. Really? And I think that just shows that people do want to play games like that. I mean, you know, maybe this is a little different, but, but Demio too, right? You're not one of the characters on the board, right? You are standing above them, uh, looking down on the board. And this, this, there are so yeah. many good ways to utilize VR. And, and there's um, still great ways to take advantage of the fact that you are in virtual reality and you still have yes. this first person perspective like you're having gadgets and you're interacting with the world using your hands still while also controlling the third person perspective of the character so you're still leveraging virtual reality in ways that you're not able to in these third person games um typically anyway yeah. um and i can see that that's obviously still the case here in max mustard which like I said, I'm extremely excited for, you know, and it really makes me feel good to know that like you, like what I was saying about like being a platformer was resonating with you. Like, is this yeah. did, like, did you like, who did you make this game for then? Cause you said that oh, you made the, the Santa game. That is such a good question. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell the answer. I'll tell the answer because, oh, I hope I don't get in trouble. So it, this is a, it's marketing again. When, do you know how, if, when, if you go to marketing school, right, they teach you how to do, um, to come up with personas of product, of things that you make things for, right? And that it usually includes an age range um, and things like that. And we're like, okay, it's really hard to, uh, yeah. And okay, and do you know South Park? Love South and Park. Makes, yeah, made by Trump Parker. So I watched a talk by them once about storytelling. And their secret was they don't try to make South Park for a particular audience. They'd make it for one of their friends every episode. And I'm like, oh, that is brilliant. So we, I, and I liked it so much because it makes it fun to make the product for that one person rather than this generic, boring persona. And so we made a Facebook profile for one person and included the their things that they like, and they have an age, they have two kids, they have a job, um, a name, a fake photo, and <laughs> they, they are like 38 years old. They played Mario when they were a kid. Um, one of their favorite movies is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Um, they have, so they don't have much time at the moment. So they don't have hours and hours to play VR at a time. They have 
And so that influenced our game. So our levels are all under 10 minutes each. So you can play a game, play a level a day kind of thing. Whereas if you play some platformers and it takes me like an hour to finish some of the levels and I don't get through it. So I'm like, so we decided to do more short levels. Um, and it has influenced, oh, they, they watched Astro Boy, which is a Japanese cartoon mm-hmm. when they were kids. So that's what influenced her having a jet boot. So flames coming out of the boot. Um, and it was so much easier to follow a single persona and it actually had real influence over the game rather than having a general audience. So yeah. Does that make sense? It really does. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting to me. Like, is that a typical, uh, strategy when like determining this kind of thing or did you guys come up with that? It's definitely not typical. And we saw protests so often by people who are trained in marketing and <laughs> like Richard, that's not how you do things. And I'm like, but it, it's so, it's so hard following this one persona. If you give us a general audience with a general guidelines, our team, there's no way our team are going to follow it. That's to start with because it's too hard to do. We don't have time to be referring to this general um, guideline, but if we have this one, that's fun, we might check it every now and then. So that's the debate there and it worked for South Park. It we it it worked for us because we ended up making real decisions. Now what one thing that people see when they see the graphics, right, is oh it's a kid's game because it's bright and colourful and it feels good. But but like when you play 3D platformers, that's how you want to feel. And adults love playing um games that aren't just dark and gloomy all the time and because they have kids we wanted to make it something that an adult can share with their kids as well mm-hmm. and a lot of the other games that get made aren't suitable for sharing with their kids so this is by ha- by them having kids means you have to consider their kids if that makes sense yes, so it does. by by association not because our target market was there, it's just because they have kids and we want some, and they want something to share with, with them. So, well, yeah. that speaks to me for sure because I there I there is something special about when I'm playing a game and I can also share that with my kid. I can't go put my kid in Ghost of Tabor, right? She's always like, "Dad, what are you playing?" Oh my God, I want to see what you're playing, right? I can't put her in After the Fall, but yeah. if I'm playing something like this. She's going to get excited too, and she's going to want to play it as well. And then we get to kind of share, you know, that experience of uh, of these levels and these game mechanics and everything uh, as well. And you know, she obviously loves Mario games and things like that. So I am absolutely stoked uh to get into this with my kids so i i, I do like that yeah tell us a little bit a about um about this world that you guys have built you know obviously like mm. you know i i understand the perspective of wanting it to be bright and colorful right but i'm sure there must be some direct uh inspirations for some of the visuals that you guys hear but, and also like the character you know and the name like tell us a little bit more about that yeah so the whole game is uh level design comes from the level design and, and um, what's a good example from that? Um, the, the levels are all long and skinny um, because we want the camera to move straight ahead and same as Astrobot. So Astrobot figured that one out as well. Um, and so we're like, what kind of world would 
have lots of long and skinny levels. And then we're like, oh, okay. So the world would be a torus and would form a full ring. So that, that then led to us having a planet, but uh, that has, um, this is the story, the story source. The planet has been too um, overpolluted. And so they had to start building skyscrapers to, to escape the, the pollution, the fog. And then they got, they needed to go higher. So they started building this ring around the planet and all of our levels are played on that ring. And so that, that also led into the story. So that's part, that's a bit of the law. And so every decision has been level design and um, game mechanics first. So that's, and if we made a level that looks fun, and, made, and then made a dark equivalent, it's just better when it's, it's fun. Right? It's um, a bright, happy-looking level because then you can have contrast. So you, then you can go into caves and awkward moments. And if everything's dark, then you can't have those contrasts. So that, mm. that led that character. Um, yeah. Max Mustard. Yeah, so the name... <laughs> The name's a tricky one. Like, as you know, trademarks are so hard. We spent so long trying to find names, and we wanted it to just be plain mustard, um, the color of her jumpsuit, of, of the character's jumpsuit. Um, but, yeah, we, like, just can't. There's too many <laughs> trademarks and challenges, so we needed to give, give her first name. And uh, that's where Max came from. I, I really love your honest approach to this. You know, it's like the same with Richie's plank. We're like, all right, we got to name it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and it's got to be it different than everybody else. So what is yeah, it? Yeah, so but the name gets, definitely raises eyebrows. And to me, if it wasn't raising some eyebrows, it might not be unique enough to be memorable. So it's kind of how brains work. Like brains need something unique to get the association. Um, otherwise, the brains have trouble remembering. And right. yeah, you need a bit of a mnemonic in there. All right, so yeah. before we move on from Max Mustard, which again, I just want to say I'm super stoked about, and uh, you know, I know the code's in, in the mail already, so I'm not going to worry about that. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yes, what was I going to ask you? I'm like too busy enjoying my own um your own humor my own humor yeah. <laughs> uh uh um let's oh. talk about something crazy yeah yeah let's do that but i have one more question and it is what what's going to make max the experience of max mustard any different than any of the other platformers or is it a familiar formula oh there's definitely a lot of familiarity so we followed a principle called the mayor concept which means um uh it's a really good ted talk if you make games you should watch this talk and it, it basically means when you make something, it should be the most advanced you can make something while still being familiar, because otherwise it doesn't catch on. So there's lots, you'll be, it's many things in it will be familiar. Where it's uh, unique uh, would be the first person gadgets with the third person gameplay. Um, the character's control is pretty up there to me. There's wall jumping and double jump and attacks. And we, we prototyped the bum slam the other day. Nice. Probably call it a Skiva slam because he suggested it at Gamescom. <laughs> no way. 
Oh my uh, god, Skiva Slam. <laughs> one of the, probably the, one of the unique things is, do you know when you play a 3D platform and you collect coins? Yeah. And quite often coins don't really mean too much. Well, in this game, the coins can be spent at the shop and you can buy upgrades and capabilities for your character. Great. Nice. And so that, there's a progression path where a lot of platformers, it's, which, it's, a, it's a small thing, but I think it's a good, exciting win and reason to collect coins. I really appreciate that. Um, all right, so let's talk about something crazy. And good job on this, by the way. I can't wait to play it. Um, so did you have something in mind or are you waiting for me to ask you a question to get uh, this started? I was just trying to help you out, Alex. Because oh. <laughs> I was lost my train of thought. <laughs> Yes. I, I gotta, um, I, I gotta say real quick though, before we move on, if we're moving on from Max, Max Mustard, that um, I've got to play the first couple levels here, and this game is so much fun. It's just as much fun as it looks. The mechanics are awesome. Uh, I really enjoy it. I again, can't wait to play it with my kid too. Uh, but this game is, uh, in in my mind, already a smash hit, and I've only played the first couple levels. So, good job! Wow. Oh my goodness. You made my day. This is gonna, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> good, I'm glad. It's been a great day. Um, all right, cool. Well, Leah, let's uh, let's do a little. Uh, you know, let's get let's go between realities here for a second before we before we wrap up the show. Um, Richie, you've been in the VR space for a long time. You know, as long as anybody else, really. Um, do you want to like maybe give us some thoughts about the current state? of uh, the VR space, you know, tell us a little bit about like the hardware that has you excited, maybe something that you think we yeah. should be paying attention to. Sure. I will say, um, I see a lot of like hate for Meta, but I'm like, they have spent so much money on R&D to get VR to where it is today, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, and it changed the market. Like, we were, as a PC developer, at the team of five, we were kind of maxed out, right, with the number of sales we we're getting. And that would have been us, probably similar to where we are now if things kept going how they were. But because Meta have spent the billions that they did on R&D to get this portable headset going. I'm like, I want to appreciate that more than the kind of sentiment that we have out there. And we wouldn't have the games either because the developers wouldn't be able to afford to be making the games that they are if Meta hadn't kind of paved the way for more people getting these headsets. And that's something I think about quite a lot. And Investors might look at Meta going, but they're losing billions. They're not making anywhere near enough. But if you think long-term, in one day in the, far, in the future, people were looking back and be like, how did Meta own so much of the market at such a cheap price? Because VR is obviously not going anywhere now for the rest of human civilization to me. Like, we, we get to live at the birth of it, which is, it feels like we're in the future with these headsets, but we're still only at the birth of, it's like when the first car came out, people looking at this car going by, some people think it's odd, but cars are going to be around forever as well. Like they'll be very different in a thousand years, but 
same with VR. I think every device and screen that we own at the moment will one day be like not replace, but super like supersede a VR and some sort of eye technology, an iteration on what we have today, and it probably not in that lifetime. I'm like I'm talking in the hundreds or thousands of years. Event VR will ultimately make everything else redundant because you just won't need it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it will be in a museum. You might still have to have a battery pack in your pocket or something, unless they invent a biological battery, but that's a small upgrade, really. Mm-hmm. It's not inconvenient having a battery in your pocket. And I don't know. I, I'm just excited and driven by the fact that we get to be at the start. And, yeah. It is amazing. And, like, I remember being at uh, VRLA in 2018, and the Santa Cruz was like the talk of the show. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah. talking about the Santa Cruz and they're yeah. like, oh my God, when the Santa yeah. Cruz comes out, it's changing the game, man. Like we don't have to travel with yeah. base stations anymore. And this is like when I was yeah. very first getting into VR. So that was a sentiment that like I couldn't really relate to because I wasn't like traveling around for years trying to demo VR games in hotel rooms. Um, but I was there with the Arvory team and they were all just freaking about freaking out about the Santa Cruz. And at the time, this was Oculus, you know? like mm-hmm. facebook had nothing to do with this like this was all still very much only oculus and well facebook still owned it at that point and and it they? was yeah and it was their money but but it was still called oculus and it was still you know it was still when did more facebook, separate when did they buy oculus like 2017 or something mm-hmm. i mean it was it was it was really close oh, but yeah but um but what i'm trying to get to here is that like i agree with you richie like i try to I do give the credit where it's due. I understand that Meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call them, are largely responsible for the like mainstream public perception of virtual reality today. Um, but why do you think it is that people like to give Meta a hard time? What is it about oh, what Meta is doing that people don't yeah, like? And this is this is where I, to me it's and it's really bad. It it was that really bad stuff up with their third party um, data. Ashley Summer? says 2015, by the way, uh, is when that what, happened. What was that company? Oh, okay. there, was a me- there was a movie made about it where... And um, different organizations and countries around the world were uh, basically abusing access to that data for buying ads for the wrong influence. And Meta caught the slack for that, basically. And... And so they should, to a degree, I guess. And I think they've dealt, they've handled that since then quite well. There was a movie made as well where oh, I forget. Do you remember the Netflix was, documentary? Oh, um, um, yeah. What was it called? Uh, social. The social they, network. The social no, dilemma. No, no, the social dilemma. The social yeah. Dilemma. Maybe? I think it was the social yeah, dilemma. Yeah, and they sold the data, and. It was a third party that didn't delete the data than when they should have, and then they were going rogue as well. And um, it was it was bad. And from what I've seen, they've dealt with it well since then. But it'll still be a while before they fully recover from that bad reputation. Then, to me, but, and yeah. I mean, but like from your personal perspective, like, do you feel like Meta's I guess intentions in the space are pure enough that like people should stop giving them a hard time or do you think uh, that think we should so. be careful? Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, 
I, I think so. But I also don't blame those for given given the slack from past mistakes mm-hmm. either. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And I, yeah. I will I will also say that I think it's always very, very important to hold all companies up to a very high standard when it comes yeah. to your data, when it comes to collection and everything and how they're treating yeah. their customers. So you know, we where I do absolutely applaud uh, Meta for everything they've done um, to bring this industry where it is today and, and be able to sell games, right? Because not much happening on Steam, right? Um, you know, we do have to make sure that, you know, we just demand excellence um, from the companies yeah. that we give our money. So, so yeah. I want to do a shout out to, quickly to the PC VR community. And they probably feel like games aren't made for them anymore. But I just want to give a developer's view on that. And it's good for them. Like, when we make a game, it costs a lot to optimize it. And when we spend so much money, it could be even half of the budget on optimizing a game for a portable headset. What we have in the end, if it if it was taken seriously, is a very um, highly optimized game, right, for a portable headset. When that gets ported to PC, it it's so much more we can do by making it even more amazing, and you can turn on all the fancy features that if we hadn't already optimized it for a portable headset and spent so much money optimizing for a portable headset, we wouldn't be able to do these extra things for PC when it comes time to optimizing for PC. So it's it's a different perspective from it's a developer's perspective on that conundrum of um if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm, I'm right there with you because i take a lot of these games and I, I put them on steam i turn all the graphical settings all the way up and the anti-aliasing all the way up and the frame rate all the way up and i super sample and all of a sudden now you know i have this game that runs absolutely amazing at the highest settings with incredible yeah. frame rates that if it wasn't optimized originally for a mobile chipset um then then no it would be chugging along right exactly um, yeah yep. so yeah i see where you're coming from there yeah. i mean i don't know if like because vr gamers especially like i see in the community like i feel like um they we can be hard to impress and i feel like gamers don't cut a lot of slack to developers very often you know like people have very high expectations of these things especially like if they're going to open their wallet and pay for it and if someone says i'm going to open my wallet i'm going to pay 20 bucks or 30 bucks for their vr experience and if they get in there and like anything is falling short of their expectations i feel like we have just like a really tough crowd and they can be pretty brutal um and i don't think people understand a quite how much work goes into making these types of things and b how much it actually does cost because at a certain point you can't just keep spending money developing like you have to like figure out a point to like draw the line and like put a bow on it and ship it right so are you able to give us any perspective in terms of like maybe how much it actually does cost for a studio to develop something like this and how you make that decision Mm. to like draw the line and say okay like we have to put something out now yeah could it i guess after release if you're not getting enough sales to cover costs any work you do on it is charity work and so as a developer yeah, sure. If you're getting sales, it's easy. Yeah, we'll we'll keep updating it. And 
But if, if then a lot of games don't make a return on investment and never will. And so the developer is pretty much doing charity work at that point. And so that's the ones where I feel like, come on, guys, give, give them some credit. They're doing the charity work here. Um, but yeah, if the studio is making bank, they should keep updating it as well. Um, right. In terms of cost, some, v, some VR games might only cost the developer's time. Solo, de, solo developer, whatever wage they could have got is essentially the cost of the game. So a good developer, that might be on, I don't know, $80,000 a year. And that's if it costs them two years to make of full-time development, the game costs $160,000 to make. Yeah. Um, but then other studios making games now, you would expect them to cost like 10 million, 10 million bucks to make. And then if you want to recoup your costs, you know, you mm -hmm. do the damn math, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, 15 bucks a pop to, uh, to up to 10 million yeah. to break even, right? Or, well, or, or are there some ways games that you... are probably costing more? Yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, as a developer, is it difficult to like, 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 I don't know, time that out, right? Because you, you have to like say, okay, this is how much money we have. This is how much time we can get with that money. And this is the quality of a product that we want to release. So like, how do you make that decision to say like, okay, we're going to have X amount of content. It's going to look this good. And we're going to spend this much before we finally ship it. Yeah, don't know. I'm just the game designer. Fair enough. <laughs> there's, other Fair people, enough. there's other people doing it now, but yeah. So honestly, you you have to predict how many copies you're going to sell. Um, you'd multiply that out, but it's it's a guessing game. Like you have to have a good finger on the pulse about what's out there already. Um, some like some games don't get any sales, and then it's like, well, what did they predict? Right. Um, you don't always predict right. It's it's a little bit of uh, a risk management, I guess, which I don't really know much about. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to make good stuff, good good games Amen. that are fun to play, that are hard to put down. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, Speaking of fun games that are hard to put down, uh, do we have any kind of a release date or window on Max Mustard? Um... As soon as soon as it's it's it crosses a very high quality bar. Are we, 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 we talking? I mean, we, you know, f a few months maybe something like that. Something I reckon. Like I reckon. Yeah, maybe next early. Maybe early next year. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. We Do we know any kind of uh, any, any kind of? Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, any kind of price point? Yeah, we're thinking um, up to 30 US, looking at other similar titles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. are, are, are similar titles, uh, you know, stuff like Astrobot out there in terms of like the length or duration no, of content? It's high cost as Astrobot. Um, of course not, yeah. But I, I kind of like to compare, I guess, to like Moss or... It's not. It's not going to be the highest price game, but it also won't be a low price game right. because it costs us mm -hmm. a lot to make it. Yeah. Well, and it looks so really, really good. It'll be up there, but it won't be the highest price game. That's for sure. Word. 
Awesome. And then can we expect this on Quest only? Quest platforms will be coming to PC, PlayStation VR yeah, 2. It'll be on every headset that let us let us on there. Cool. Heck yeah, that's yeah. what I like to hear. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. Well, um, why don't you tell us something uh something that uh just tell us something, right? Like we're we're gonna be starting to wrap up the show pretty soon here. Um, but I do want to just like get into your head a little bit more, if we can, Richie. Um sure. you know, like is there uh something that you think is like really, really important that's happening in the VR space that's not getting enough attention? Um, or is there mm-hmm. something about like the future of VR that you think uh we should like dig into a little bit to make people more aware of? Um I think um, it's it's the portable headsets are going to be leading the charge for a while, unless you have a PlayStation 5 already. When PlayStation 5 VR games, like Grand Turismo 7, it's if you own a PlayStation 5 already, I'd be like, get, it, get the PlayStation VR 2 headset. Um, if you don't, you got to get the MetaQuest. Yeah. It's such good value, bang for buck. And I've been thinking about it. And do you know how Quest 1 is kind of getting phased out at the moment? Kind of, yeah. It's, like, it's less than 5% of the gamer base at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's pros and cons to that happening. But at the moment, with the Quest 3's price point, I don't know, do you, is there a rumor about a Quest 3 Lite True? I don't Do you think reckon so. that's the true rumor? I don't think Next so. Year. Um, I, I mean, I would reckon, th- I would think that it would be true, at least that th- that's the direction they want to go, right? Because they want to get VR in, 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 to a billion or so people, right? And how do you do so? You do so by releasing something um, that's affordable. They have always talked about wanting to have a skew of the Quest that doesn't have controllers, um, you know, that maybe has, you know, the cheapest price point for the highest quality possible. So if they can, I do believe they will. Mm -hmm. I think they're gonna try to hit all sides of the market here. I think we're gonna have the the Quest Lite at some point, if it's feasible, right? And I think we'll have uh, the Quest 3, the regular Quest 3, and, you know, there's been also rumors of a new Quest Pro that's being worked on with LG. So, I mean, you know, they've they've done similar in the past with bringing the Pro and the Quest 2, but they weren't able to reliably remove the controllers um, up until this point. And now we're getting to a point where hand tracking is so much better already, and we're about to throw a depth sensor on top of that with the Quest 3. So I think we're gonna get to a point where you might not need controllers or the controllers are an upsell. Right. I, I would yeah. be, I would be, I personally would be really surprised if a Quest Lite came out. I think that they've already done a lot by having two different tiers of headsets existing yeah. with the Pro and then like the regular one. And I think introducing a third is like starting to go the way of the Pimax. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. Too many options. Like yeah. normal consumers yeah. don't need three things to choose from, you know? So I would be really surprised. They don't, but cheap. I would prefer become. a Lite version than a Pro version. Same, yeah. Because more, but as long as the light version had an option to buy the controllers later, right? That would be important to me, because <laughs> um, so many games need the controllers now. Which is an interesting one about the Apple Vision Pro. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, how are some of these games going to get ported to the because, Apple Vision Pro? Because they're just not control. concerned with games, right? That's yeah. not so. So, um, I I think you know the bigger pot 
of of people here are the non-gamer crowd you know there's there's uh, you know almost yes. four billion non-gamers and less than mm. three billion gamers, right? So so Apple is reaching for the people that are that are looking to do things with their apps, with their photos, with their everyday life, with watching movies and just normal everyday Joe and Sally Walmart stuff. They don't care about games, right? But but you know Apple, I mean uh, Meta also wants to break into that business market. They want people working in VR. You know they've they've done um, plenty of things with you know with workrooms and in trying to go in that in that direction. But in order to do so, you have to make it simple. It can't be controllers. It has to be easy to use. The UI has to be simple. You have to put on the headset. It's there. You can't worry people with creating boundaries your normal everyday person doesn't understand that stuff and doesn't want to do it and it's a friction point but we've seen now with the quest 3 that you're just going to be able to look around and it's going to scan the room and create its own boundaries from the depth sensor um so you know we're starting to get rid of a lot of those friction points and um and i think meta as well as apple they do both want to be in that space too where they're not just you know uh going after gamers Gamers have been funding it up until this point, right? But uh, the larger audience wants to do more. They want to hang out with people. They want to watch movies. They want to, you know, you know, if they can go bowling and stuff, you know, great. But at the end of the day, um, people are sitting at their computers with a spreadsheet open. They're, you know, doing normal everyday tasks. They want to know how to make a recipe. You know, they want to know how to cook dinner. They want to know how to do these things. And how, how are you gonna, how are you gonna get to those people? And I think. You know, everyone's trying to figure that out. You know, Apple being on the forefront of that and um, Meta trying to look for a way into that um, not gamer-centric market as well. So there's a lot of places to go here. Um, yeah, for sure. It, uh, it's yeah, going to be a very exciting time. I was just, I was also thinking the other day, do you know, with, if, 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 if a consumer is price conscious, right? And the Quest 3 is coming out, and they're trying to decide between the Quest 3 or a used Quest 2, which there might be a lot of if people are upgrading. Wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised. Uh, I'm like, if if I had to, if I was price conscious, I'd probably get a used Quest 2 plus, and then use that extra couple of hundred dollars or more if it's used to to spend it all on games. Yeah. And the reason yeah. is, like, from a developer's point of view, we'll when we release games, we're going to be optimizing with the Quest Two as the baseline for at least another few years, because there's still so many Quest Twos out there being used, yeah. and so it's going to be a relevant headset for at least another few years. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is because Meta has stated that they are also not discontinuing creating and in, in, uh, manufacturing Quest 2s, right? That's going to be one price point. The Quest 3 will be another price point. But there's going to be a whole market of used headsets. And for yeah. any parent or, you know, anyone um, that wants to know, is this going to be something you're going to use one time and forget about it in a closet? Or, you know, or is this something that you're going to be into? You know, absolutely going for the, that cheaper used option or just the cheaper option off the store shelf can sometimes be really good. And then you upgrade later, right? Um, yeah, I think there's definitely a, a, you know, a good path forward there. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't think uh, PlayStation stopped. Did they stop selling the vanilla PS4 when they also made the PS4 Pros? Right. It's, there's I don't always, think so. It's always good to have that, um, that market for both. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and if there's parents listening, it's not like at the moment the VR, the, the meta headsets aren't like consoles where you have to buy the game again on the new, on the new console. True that. This is like yeah. your old game still work on the new headset. That, Which is a beautiful thing. That is Jeez, beautiful. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. that is beautiful. That like, really is. Oh, like putting on a new headset and you're presented with this whole catalog of games you already have. Quest 1, awesome. Quest yeah. 2, and Quest 3. Yeah. Just all right in a row. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and a lot of your PC stuff has crossed by. Yep. Right? So even if you went back that far, a lot of it you can still get those games uh, on your mobile yep. headsets. So. Yep. Meanwhile, PlayStation... Yep. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I you know. know, like you don't get that. I know, and that and that's too bad. But I really do think that you know maybe from a development standpoint, it was really hard to change those tracking systems and go from a button push to analog thumbsticks. I think there was just a lot that went into that. I mean, I would have loved to yeah, have seen course. you know Sony come up with some kind of API that 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 did all the work for the devs, but I just don't know. I don't know how possible that is. I mean, I, I genuinely don't know, Yeah. you know, but it would have been, would have been great. And it would have sold a lot more PSVR twos, but mm-hmm. you know, backward uh, compatibility. Richie, do you have any thoughts on, on valve right now in the VR space? Um, we, I know. I, I, and that's not from lack of interest. It's, I haven't been involved enough. Um, we don't, we, we can't buy the valve headset in Australia. So oh, pretty you, much no one here has one. You, you can't buy an index in Australia? No. Wow, no we kidding. We have to do the whole shipping trickery and oh, yeah. no kidding. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Well, that's it, it, too bad. Your concern in your voice is like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, was the- <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, that's still my daily driver and it's not for most people. Most people are mobile headsets. They're not, you know, PC VR, yeah. but for me, I still love my index and I've been using it since it came out in what, 2020, right? Wow, and it's still king for me. The frame rate's amazing. The field of view is amazing. I love the controllers when they're not broken. You know, it's, it's decently I comfortable. I, I love them. They I suck. do. And well, not for me, they don't, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I respect that they suck for you, <laughs> but I love that headset and I cannot put it down and I long for the day that I wrap that cord up and I put it on a shelf as a display piece because I have a dozen, more than a dozen headsets sitting there and I keep saying, will this be the one? Will this be the headset that makes me put my index away? And it just never is. I'm like, please, please be the one. And I think the Deckard's going to end up being, being the one that, that ultimately makes me replace my, my index. But, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that, that it wasn't available still all this time later in, in some different parts of the world. And that's, so that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dang. Well, well what else, Richie? Because uh, we're about to kick you off of this ship. So give yep. us some parting thoughts. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you for saying such nice things about Richie's Plank and Max Mustard. Um, we, we dream about what people will say. And I know all the developers and the art team and the animation team are all itching to find out what people think about the new title. And when we see such nice things and see people's face light up when they talk about what they, the demo that they played, it, um, it makes all the hard work worth it. Like 
it is hard work and yeah thank you very much it made yeah it's going to make their day when they when they hear people like you say such nice things about it Thank you. Dude, Richie, thank you, man. Thank you. Like, we we love when we have developers on this show because it gives us an opportunity to show our appreciation and gratitude for all the work that you guys do. Um, I am not a developer, all right? I don't have this perspective that developers have when it comes to creating these experiences. For me, I'm like a child that has like a magical book open for them and like all the pages come to life, you know, like I am blown away by what you guys are capable of doing as developers and to put your blood, sweat and tears into experiences for people like us to just eat up and just enjoy is like (laughs) incredible. So thank you so very much for everything that you've already done in the VR space and everything that you're continuing to do because uh, we wouldn't have these amazing memories without what you've done. So I really hope yeah, you're, you. you're proud of that. Yeah, no, really appreciate it. It's like even just the little things, like the programming team has to figure out like when the hero jumps on an enemy, it's like, oh yeah, that'd be easy, right? But there's, there's so many things at that point that happen. You got to play the sound, then you have to play the VFX at the right place at the right time. Then we want to freeze frame because all good games that have good impact freeze. But in VR, you can't freeze everything. So you just have to freeze the hero and the enemy. And then it's like, oh, it's better if you slow it down really a lot. So it's not freeze frame. And then you can't do frames because in VR, there's too many frames in a second. So you have to do every seconds. And then you do like a flash for how many milliseconds. So it flashes white to really give that impact. And then and then how much smoke comes and what happens to the enemy afterwards. And it's like everyone there cares about all, like so many little things like this for everything. So yeah, and I appreciate you acknowledging what they have to do. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just glad you guys are doing it and I don't have to like you, you, (laughs) you make the amazing experiences and we'll just sit here and enjoy them. Um, but we really, really do appreciate you. And thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Like it really is an honor for us, uh, to have such a a prominent developer in the space, um, join us for an episode. So thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for making the show. See you next time. We will see you next time. Don't be a stranger. Stay in touch. Send me that max demo, max mustard demo, like right now, (laughs) like immediately. I need to play it. Um, And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Say goodbye to Richie, everybody. Thanks, Richie. See you later. Bye, Richie. Bye-bye. Bye. And there he goes. And he's gone. What an episode. So... Cool. That was fun. That was so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It really was, man. You know, few few people have been around for uh in this industry for longer than Richie and that have done more amazing things and and you know, been the the catalyst for so many people getting obsessed with VR. So, it was really really awesome to have him on. Dude. And if yeah, you would have told me great. when we started this show that like we're going to be having people like Richie from Richie's experience as a guest. I know. Like, or next week's guest. Don't eat. Dude. All right, this is all you, brother. This is all you. <laughs> Hit them with it, dude. Hit so them with next it. Next week, we have on Brett Leonard. And Brett is the writer and director of the movie The Lawnmower Man, which The Lawnmower Man was, was one of those movies that got me originally obsessed with this technology. It really like dove into my brain and kind of took over and, and kind of started to mold who I am today. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, Brett's done The Lawnmower Man. He's done a movie called uh, Virtuosity with... Um, 
what's what's his name? Um, these are all big big name actors in these movies. Really good stuff. Uh, but he's I have also- no idea how you're saying this so casually, man. This is the fucking lawnmower, man, that's about to happen <laughs> on Between Realities next week. Like, this is such excited. a big deal. We are super stoked. We yeah. have been waiting a long time to reveal this. And yeah. I, I didn't Absolutely. mean to interrupt you, but I just can't no, believe how no, casually I, you're mentioning I, this. I, I, I agree. And, <laughs> and, and the fact that, you know, Brett has made movies about virtual reality for all these years, way before mainstream virtual reality was a thing, um, and is now in the industry, right? He has a couple different companies that are doing things in the vr space this guy is a believer of vr from the very beginning to now and uh, i am just honored to have him uh, on the show next week we are so so excited i i played so much of the lawnmower man on super nintendo as a kid like and this is like i was too young to like really have watched the movie so i just like had the game i think my parents plucked it out of like a bargain bin or something and they're like here play this and i played (laughs) the crap out of it and like years later meeting him at some of the events and now he's gonna be on the show we're super stoked so if you guys have not seen the lawnmower man you have one week go watch that it's on youtube you can watch the extended director's cut you should probably watch it because the director is going to be on the show next and the writer director and and writer it's ridiculous okay so we're (laughs) we're really really excited um what uh i don't know what else oh hi hi and bye thank you guys so much for tuning in to to the episode this week um please like and subscribe if you're new here uh we would love to have you around shout out to our channel members and patreons um your contributions mean the world to us thanks for being a part of the between realities family um recycled duggars k who's X, Red Slash Ace, Sean C, Kenzie Gaming, Mickey Bear, um, Ashley C, Getting Things Done, that's the Jay Dizzle, um, Bluebell, uh, Michael V, thank you for being here, that's a new name for me, Laszlo216, Cleveland Heights Represent, brother, good to see you, Lamfords, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this episode, um, Thomas McNostril, Cozy Time, thanks for being here and, and uh, checking out Between Realities, uh, Reza2020, thank you also for being here, Sojoba, that's a new name for me also um really appreciate y'all checking us out and being a part oh, of yeah. this amelia faust thank you guys so much yep thank you so much um paradise decay flying in here right todd and eric from q2c vr gamer um we had nathy and gamer tag cruising up in here earlier arcanian butter something like dude are you serious d1 360xr like how many amazing people are going to be in our live chats? I can't believe it. Ryan B. Also, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, even stopping <laughs> into the chat, asking us if we're Team Edward or Team Jacob. Like, <laughs> we have the best community ever. Dan Kitty VR, thank you also for being here and being a part of it. Um, and if I didn't get to you, it's not because I don't love you. I promise. Uh, Hussein X, I think I said ePilot007 as well. Woo! Wow. How about that? Thank you all. Thank, thank you, all. you all. And if you're still here... Do me a favor and go hop on Twitter and follow Skiva because I need like five more follows to hit 10K. I cannot believe I forgot that. I was supposed to mention that in the middle of the episode. It's all good. Everybody right now, go on Twitter or X or whatever (laughs) you want to call it and follow Skiva because he's going to have 10,000 followers by the end of the day. Congratulations on that. That is like pretty awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wow. All right. right. Well, sorry for hitting you with an intense wave there, but I felt like I needed to get through it. Heck yeah amazing yeah it was fun love you all thank you for love you here. all we'll be chilling this weekend join our discord mm-hmm. in the link below and join our uh, multiplayer session uh channel we'll get some games going i'm addicted to firewall right now so it would really not be hard to get me in there um anything else i think that's it 
Have a lovely weekend, Until everybody. Next week. Shout out Upload VR. We will see you guys next week with the writer and director of, oh, I don't know, The Lawnmower Man, starring Pierce Brosnan, Brett Leonard. Have a good one, everybody. See you later. Bye bye.